This week on Red Dead Radio, we're going to PAX! Yeah. Wait, what? Hi friends, welcome to Red Dead Radio, the Red Dead Redemption Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Petty, and as always, we're going straight to the Wild Wild Guest. We're going straight to the Wild Wild Guest. We're going straight to the Wild Wild Guest. I will never not be freaked out when you do it that fast. Really? Not ever. I never get used to how intense you are. Do you think I need to slow it down? Like no, no, no. You, you do you, man. You can NPR it up a little bit like, hi, friends. Welcome to Red <laughs> oh, Dead Radio. Oh, I like that. Hi. This episode of Red Dead Radio brought to you by Whole Foods. I'm Terry Gross. Perfect. You know, the Capital Steps turned that into like a song once. They, no. Yeah, they just took the NPR oh, theme. It was beautiful. All right. Well, we're off to a start right here. A start. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, before we begin, we want to thank our Patreon producers, Austin Riley, Jonathan, and Ye Old Tom Bach. Thank you so much for making this show possible. Wait, really is your legal it. name Ye Old Tom Bach? No, Tom Bach is a legend in the Patreon producer community. He's a Patreon producer of Kind of Funny Games as well. As a heathen who spends zero time on Patreon, uh-huh. I'm, I'm an Indiegogo man when it comes oh. to funding my healthcare needs. Okay, well, there we go. You know, I'm I'm not at all going to mock that because <laughs> because that's the state of law. The world that we're in. Well, not only that, but do you remember actually? Uh, uh, yeah, oh, I, I do. Yeah. Ryan Palmer yeah, yeah. And oh yeah, Chris Abbott put oh, one yeah. together to help me. Yeah, change my life. Oh um, shit! I'm sorry. You could totally cut that. That no, was super no, rude. I, it was not rude at all. It was one of the most pleasant surprises I've ever. Oh received. no! I mean, it was an incredibly kind gesture, but also like I feel like that was an unintentional. Literally diss, changed my that. life. Yeah. Oh Literally. yeah. No, you were trying to diss the poor state of healthcare. Yes. And finance. Again. Yes, not, the deplorable not state kind people of who help the American healthcare system. Yeah. Help us, please. All right, friends, we're a couple of minutes in. Let's talk about Red Anyways. Dead Radio. First off, a little change to the show from the news this week. We start talking about news. We're going to start covering GTA Online stuff as well. Why? Oh, there's a lot of it. Well, there I mean, it's, a lot it's it. made by the same folk. It's made by the same folk. I've got this sneaking suspicion that these two ecosystems are going to be largely interdependent. I expect a common currency. Really? I do. I think shark cards are going to work for both, at the very least. Uh, I think that there will be events to drive you from one game to the other. Hmm. Um, I think there'll I mean, be cross-promotion. There has been Red Dead stuff already pinged back and forth in GTA Online, so I could see it. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know if I share that level of not skepticism or opticism. Optimism, Jesus. Opticism is opticism. important. That's, that's, how, that's like glasses half full and half empty at exactly the same It's just an empty glass. Yeah, that's for it. Opticism. It's full of air. I like it. But, um, um, yeah, I, I can see that. I think, respectfully, I do have to disagree. I feel like the two will have similarities, but I don't think, at least at first, I don't think we'll see an immediate connection between the two. Well, I don't think we'll see a cross... I'm not expecting to see John Marston running around GTA V. What I no. mean is that I think that... I don't even think they're going to have like a shared universe. What I think is that they will lean into, hey, we're having an event this week on Red Dead Online. Gotcha. But yeah, also yeah. on GTA on, Online, on strictly they'll mechanical try to drive... Level. Yeah, exactly. I and mean, that, I'm sure that there will be cross-promotion in that respect, but I don't think your GTA bucks will turn into... Wild West dollars. I I think that at the very least you'll be able to cash in your cards one for the other. I think they'll allow you to share. I mean, I think if if someone gifts you, I think I feel like that's for sure a possibility. Mm -hmm. Like having it be Rockstar bucks Mm -hmm. instead of you know GTA GTA money or you know bag dollars because I assume, <laughs> I assume it's just going to be a bag with a dollar sign is on. that how it's going to be just like um, bag dollars bag i like bag dollars that's articulate bag, like bag dollars i got me 1700 bag dollars bilbo bag dollars i feel like one day i was, feel like the only reason that that is yeah. is is probably not going to be the case is just because the way money works in red dead uh-huh. like the money in the old west is Way more valuable than it is today. Okay. Like the fact, so like the After Hours update just came out. Big, big update. Super cool. If you haven't delved back into GTA Online in a while, definitely pick up a controller, hop in, hang out with Tony Prince, buy yourself a nightclub. Um, But like the nightclubs in that cost, like for a fully tricked out one, that's Mm -hmm. like five million bucks. Mm -hmm. And 
for like the bestest horse in the West, that's like a hundred dollars. Well, I don't think it's gonna be like a no, one to like one conversion rate. But I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. like, what what would that look like then? I don't know. I think that you might find some clever ways to address it. Mm. Um, I think there might be an exchange system. There might be a ton, maybe a currency can, exchange. No, or, or welcome know. to the funnest part of Red Dead Online: going to the bank and, to, hey, and know, not robbing. Okay, it and you know what? Red Dead Online is actually robbing the bank. You're robbing people in line while they're waiting to exchange the currency for God. You heard it here first. Well, anyway, we're occasionally going to do new news about that one. Something big happened. Something big happened this week. And John, your life has been consumed by it. Who boy? Last couple in, of days. I mean, not, not entirely consumed, um, but I've definitely spent. A a fair bit of time in the new update and yeah I mean like I was saying it's a it's a massive massive update that we've seen um, I think it's their biggest one since or like aside from the doomsday heist which if you haven't played you absolutely should because it's delightful um, but yeah so it's this really neat thing where there's a bunch of uh, the the whole premise is that in order to bring your the opportunity arises to bring all of your illicit businesses under one roof. Okay. Um, so when was the last time you played GTA Online? Jay? That's been a bit. Okay, what was the last, like, thing you remember doing? Okay, so I, I've been was in Red Dead Land for a few... Oh, well, I mean, I've certainly done Heist, but I've played since then. Okay. I mean, yeah. So so you've been around for, like, some of the business updates. So, oh, like, yeah. I mean, games, I've driven my cars to the sky and all like that, that fun stuff. Okay, yeah, cool. yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, Flying DeLorean is still, hands down, the best update to GTA. I, I will never drive anything but it, ever. But... Um, so you've got all these businesses that you can you can have and operate, and essentially they uh, sort of boil down to you accruing goods or materials to make goods. You producing those goods, like uh, for the biker gangs, one you can have a bunch of different businesses. You can have like a meth lab or a weed uh, weed farm or yeah. like a fa- like mine. I say no to drugs, so mm-hmm. I have a fake ID. Okay, <laughs> and so I say no to drugs, but yes to lying to the government because they lie to you. You heard it here first. But <laughs> um, the the thing that's sort of been plaguing me, especially since the Doomsday Heist, where you had to essentially buy a huge underground, like, ex-CIA bunker. Yeah. Um, is that you all, to do those missions, to, to run your import-export yeah. crew, to run your gun running crew, to run your biker gangs, you had to physically go to all of the places that you potentially had. Like, my biker gang headquarters is all the way out in fucking Grand Sonora Desert. Right. Whereas almost all of my other businesses are pretty centrally located in downtown Los Santos. And, you know, it's not that I mind, but it's, like, really convenient now because what the uh, the After Hours update does is it lets you condense all of those into one business. So it's a quality of life update. It really is. But it's also new missions, new characters, new items, new mm-hmm. mechanics. Um, so if you've played GTA 4 or the DLC for GTA 4, The Ballad of Gay Tony, right. uh, Tony Prince is back. Yep. And, I mean, he was the nightlife king of Liberty City in the early 2000s. Yeah. Made some bad financial decisions, kind of got himself nixed out of city life for a while, and not unrightly so. Um, but it's interesting seeing Tony back. I like seeing Tony back. I like, because, I mean, this is, you know, we've seen other characters from GTA 4 pop up in GTA 5, mm-hmm. like Packy McCreary's around. I'm still waiting on Roman Bellic. Yeah, um, I'm waiting on Roman Bellic to show up like on vacation, just and like for him to just start calling beach. me Nico, like Nico, it's Nico, me, oh God. or like for him to be, always be on the phone with yeah. Nico, uh, just constantly saying Nico, it's me, your cousin. That'd be beautiful. Um, I really hope that happens. I'm here in Los Santos. You should come. We go bowling. I've got this image of him sitting on the beach, just in a chair, unannounced. Oh, yeah, like, with like one of those big ass '80s yeah, cell phones. Yeah, be, be amazing. Oh, actually, so I didn't good. mention this. I should put footage of this up, but I, I, I had a real life GTA moment the other day. I was Did down you at, steal someone's car? No, but I was down at Santa Cruz, and there, and I was just looking out over the beach. It was a crowded public beach. And then from, like, imagine my eyes are a frame uh, of a screen. Yep. And then just from off the frame, a full-size, not like light, but a super heavy tank-like bulldozer just rolls in right through the middle of this crowded beach. Hundreds of okay. people. And through the middle of it comes a bulldozer just... Hitting people? No, just just. But go the angle that it was at it looked it, like it, it was going like to smash, plowing and it just them. plows through. And then out the other side, and I was like, "Am I playing GTA?" And then it popped out. Yeah, so that's that's insanity. Yeah, it was fun. madness. I'm glad the GTA is bleeding over into real life. Or the combine on the beach in in 
San, uh, San Andreas was always my favorite. Oh, God. You, remember, you could get the combine on the beach if you just got it over that one I do, hump. I do. Yeah, I do. Well, that's well, it. I mean, my bad thing in, in GTA V is, is just anything on the beach. Because I really like the way that umbrellas look when they're spinning off oh, of my the, hood. Okay. Um, anyways, so it's, it's a way to condense all of your businesses. But it also brings back characters uh, like Tony Prince is in it. Laszlo's featured pretty heavily. Okay. Um, to uh, you know, depending on what your opinion of Laszlo is, that's either a good or a bad thing. Um, I was once in a I, waiting room with Laszlo. That was an interesting day. That must have been. A he time. was he, no, he was fascinating. Good, fascinating, or bad, fascinating. Good, fascinating. Okay, good. Yeah, because like sometimes you you see someone who's like fascinating in the sense of like, oh my god, you've worked in this industry that's super crazy for a long, long time. I bet your life is. Fascinating. He was very friendly. Or you see a dude who's got. You know, like a midlife crisis ponytail, and no, he was, he was real nice. Expert. Okay, like good. It. That's because that's the bad kind of fascinating. No. Um, so, anyway, Laszlo's back. I think uh, f- for me, sometimes seeing Laszlo all the time when I go back into my club, I'm just like, I wish I could make my bouncers kick you out. Um, but it's great because like you'll see him like trying to fit in with all the young club kids who show up. Uh, yeah. You know, doing his DJ thing. He's got like a bunch of glow sticks. He's always high on ecstasy. Um, the pinnacle of midlife crisis. It's quite delightful. Ecstasy and glow sticks? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, if you're really looking to feel like a kid again, but you have zero idea how, try ecstasy. I just decided Don't do that. for Don't a midlife crisis, I, I just decided to make podcasts for a living. See, that's the good kind. Podcasts are your ecstasy. There we go. Congratulations. Podcasts are my ecstasy. There you go. Find you a hobby that feels like doing ecstasy, <laughs> but without all the horrific psychotropic side effects. All right. So I think that, that gives anything else from this update that we want to make sure we cover. Yeah, um, there's lots. Um, there's, uh, so the, the whole thing is like, since you own a nightclub, they're introducing DJs. Uh, and these are real world DJs, which I think is a really oh, cool right. choice. Like, it was something that they super didn't have to do. Like, they could have very easily just like licensed somebody else's music and then made an in game DJ. Oh, will Alana be in there? That'd be tight if, if friend of the show Alana Pierce would show up, Indeed. but not this time. Show, it seems Alana like. Pierce show. Um, no, so for example, this week uh, the first DJ that we meet is uh, Solomon, who is I think he's Swedish, okay, um, and he does a lot of house music, some electronica, and the the idea is basically that like as your nightclub gets more and more popular, you can get different acts to come to Los Santos and play your shows. Um, so like the and basically there's going to be four of them added over the course of the next month. Mm-hmm. So like this week was Solomon. Next week is I think Tales of Us, who's a duo DJ set. Um, and the other ones are uh, Dixon and the Black Madonna. Okay. Um, yeah, and you know they're all super cool. Like their music is really interesting. It's super rad. It's just, it's just like a cool fucking thing. Yeah, just a neat thing um, to have. Just, and like yeah. it's neat too because like they all have their own unique missions. Like they yeah. all of the DJs came and did like voice acting for it and I think they did original music. Well, I mean, totally duh, Rockstar music. likes music. I mean, their games right. especially have always had good music and especially since Vice City have practically been defined by yeah. their soundtracks. I mean, we're getting a new radio station at the end of the month. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it's super fun. Like there's a bit where like Solomon like has to crash land a crashing plane, and it's, it's just like he's making fun of of Tony and and uh, Laszlo. Okay. For a bit, um, and there's you know so we're gonna see a bunch of that kind of stuff and a bunch of new missions and yeah I mean if you just even if you've played pretty regularly like here and there or if it's been a long time since you've jumped into GTA Online, give it a shot. Like right. it's super right. fun. So that's um, what that we, if you like. So, yeah. for example, I know people here at the office uh, who haven't yield IGN at yield IGN.com where you can see a bunch of great GTA online content and a bunch of great Red Dead Redemption 2 content and Red Dead Redemption 1 content. Anyways, there's a bunch of folks here who haven't really played a whole lot or definitely not as much as I have over the last few years, like since GTA online kind of launched. And like I'm the same way with games like The Division, for yeah. example. And it is a completely different experience than it was when you first jumped in, or even when you jumped in a year ago. Oh well, yeah, once he went Hot Wheels cars in the sky, it was it was pretty yeah, much yeah. The 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 stunt races and all that stuff was a really great sort of not shark jumping because it didn't become bad, but it was just super ridiculous and I love yeah. It. And they've they've kind of leaned into that. It's become yeah, an it's ecosystem. Great. It's become its own little world. Yeah, which is I think is what they always wanted there, right? I hope the so. Playground. I, I hope that where they're at now is the fruition of their. Dream. Yay! Hope y'all are happy, Rockstar. Moving you on. Did great. Moving on to the next news Moving for the day. Uh, we're headed to PAX. We are. We, we are headed to PAX. They John let Ryan, us in, I, those suckers. So kind of them. So thank you, first off, to uh, the good folks putting together the Penny yeah. Arcade Expo. But at PAX West, yep. formerly known as PAX Prime. PAX Prime. Red. I kind of missed that title. What's that? 
PAX Prime. PAX Prime? It just sounds cool. PAX Prime. Like, I get it. Like, there's a PAX for everyone now, which I think is amazing. Yeah. But I also mix, like, PAX Prime. Prime. Well, Prime, Prime. is just fun. Optimus Prime. Right. Yeah, you, you know. You say it like Optimus Prime, just Prime. Prime timeline. That's real good. Anyways. No. So. Red Dead Radio Live. That's right. So, if you want to come watch an episode of Red Dead Radio, be part of... Of an episode. I'll probably do of that. Red Deck Radio. I'll make a lot of really, really terrible mistakes with the words that come out of my mouth. John Ryan's going to be there. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. Special unannounced guest panelists <gasps> are going to be there. Who are they? I'm not saying. They're unannounced, but we'll have the news for you I soon. thought I could have got you on that one. When can you watch it? You can watch it at the set, or when can you watch it? Is uh, Saturday, September 1st, 11 a.m. That's Saturday, oh, September that's so 1st. early. 11 a.m. Don't early. discourage them. No, please go. Come Sasquatch check Theater it out. at Patch. Sasquatch, Sasquatch. The Sasquatch. Well, that's where you can have a red. It's got to be the Sasquatch. It's perfect. I'm gonna. Oh, that means I have to kill the theater, though. Oh, don't kill the theater. Okay. Fine. Please don't don't oh. kill the theater. There are there are the audience. We need. I killed to. every one of them damn Sasquatches. But yeah, if you're I going to PAX, uh, we really hope that you stop by. And uh, pretty excited. I think there may very well be some neat things to give away as oh, part yeah. of that. You also, can have me. Last piece of news. Last piece for today. Uh, it's a news out of ye old GameSpot.com. Red Dead Redemption 2 strategy guides revealed, including a collector's edition. This, oh my! Yes, indeed. This from uh, this from GameSpot. Eddie McCook. Red Dead Redemption 2 is expected to be a very big game with lots to see, do, and explore. So it may be good news for some to learn that there will be an official guidebook for the game. The developer Rockstar says is quote packed with information about every aspect of the title. The guide will be published by Piggyback, which is the company that previously made guidebooks for games like The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Metal Gear Solid V, and various Assassin's Creed games. There are two versions hmm. of the Red Dead Redemption 2 official guide. You can purchase the Standard Edition and the Collector's Edition. Ooh, what's the Collector's Edition? Ooh, both contain essential information about every single mission, character, and feature of the game, but the Collector's Edition comes with, quote, superior quality paper. Ooh, quote, and that fancy papes. A character art gallery. Not That's included. great. With a standard version, both arrive alongside the game on October 26. Cool. John Ryan, I used to write guides for a living. I still do write guides for a living. Do write guides for a living. You you have written guides for how long now? Oh, God, like eight years at this point. Probably longer if I count the ones that I wrote for my friends back home. You wrote a huge portion of the GTA Five guide. You've written yeah. guides for vast... I, st- I still write huge portions of the GTA 5 guides we were just discussing. <laughs> so, new physical guide coming out. I appreciate and enjoy guide. Yeah, books. oh, I'm super into it. I think a lot of yeah. a lot of folks around the yield IGN office were kind of expecting me to be like mm, at it. Um, but I always like a good physical guidebook. I think it's uh, it's something that, you know, much like the collector's edition for uh, the game itself, the the collector's edition of the guide, or even the standard edition of the guide, it's it's the difference between you know being like, okay, how do I kill this boss? Blah, 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 blah. Or like having something physically like with you as a part of your journey through the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you a, know, sort like, a, a sort of a sort of a touchstone. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's 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 a more enjoyable experience to my mind. Like when I was playing through some Fallout 4, for example, I would use their guide because mm-hmm. there's so, so much in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would really find a lot of pleasure in like doing a thing so many times, getting incredibly frustrated, and then like having having that moment that like I feel like Martin Brody, not Martin Brody, uh, is it Martin Brody? I don't Marcus know. Marcus Brody in Indiana Jones. Yeah. Sorry, I just expected you to know who I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, I was like, who's Martin, Martin Brody's Brody? the sheriff in Jaws. Yeah. No, you're talking about um, Marcus Brody. I'm talking about Marcus Brody, the doddering fool friend in Indiana Jones. I know the way. Exactly. Indy! Um, and I feel like there were plenty of moments where he would like be befuddled by something and angrily get up to a library shelf and tear something off the shelf and flip through it until he found it and then like in a harumphing state like sat down and went back to it and that's kind of how I feel using physical guides and there's something really pleasurable about that there is I agree I like to study them often after I finish the game I like to sit and read through them and it's almost like a trip back through something I really enjoyed as a guide writer I'm always fascinated by how other people choose to tell those stories um, you know, the challenge that I feel like you always kind of run into writing a guide, especially with not necessarily games like GTA or, or Red Dead or big open world games like, you know, that Assassin's Creed, um, the, 
the challenge for those kinds of games are like, how am I going to cover all of this? So my heart honestly does go out to the guys over at Piggyback because that is a massive, massive undertaking. Yeah. Um, but the thing that's always difficult for me is figuring out, like, Call of Duty is the hardest guide for me to write, for example. Not because it's an incredibly challenging game, but it's just how many different ways can I write? Run down a hallway, shoot the man, turn a corner, shoot the man. You get good at synonyms in guide writing. You really, really do. I, that um, I remember well. Yeah. and I've written Call of Duty guide once. Right? Call of Duty Ghosts. Oh. I'm that mission so where you're just walking sorry. around like this. I... I didn't play that one. You had to do the guide for that. Oh, that. Oh. I didn't touch that piece of shit. What's your What's your favorite physical guide of all time? My favorite physical guide of yeah, all time? Yeah, like one you actually just like, kind of like reading. I like, have fond memories. Really of. like. I love the Fallout Four guide. I think okay. the Fallout Four guide is one of the most beautifully put together guides. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's the best written guide. But it Earth. feels nice, like it's well constructed. It, it is a. I don't know if it's the fancy edition or not. I think it is. Um, it is a really gorgeous, like, I'm, I'm, I'm very much a minimalist when it comes to books. Like, I'm always the guy that tears off the paper jacket just so I have, like, the flat cover and then the title yeah. on, the, on the binder. Um, and the follow guide looks great in that respect. It's just straight up, like, a, a nice black, soft, matte cover. Um, you know, decent page thickness. Um, a lot of cool art, a lot so of So you just imagery. like that, that book as an artifact thing. I, I like that book. The, I, I appreciate the way it is aesthetically put together. Now, let's talk about the other end of this for a second. So what is you the have, best written guide I've ever seen? No, like, no, not that at all. I want So obviously very interested in this. Honestly, probably going to get it. I don't think I'll grab the collector's edition. Um, because I might. We'll see. Yeah, I'm not usually an art book guy. Um, but I know some people love it. I love art, but I'm not usually an art book buyer because they're big and I end up putting them on my shelf, reading them once yeah. and then not looking so at them again. Some There are some cases where it actually comes in handy to have the art book or the lore book or whatever. Um, so, for example, the, the Witcher tabletop RPG yeah. is coming out soon, which I am 100% going to play. Yeah. Um, and I highly advise any of you tabletop fans also get in on that because it's going to be good. But... One of the best things that I'm so glad I ever got was the giant, big, the world of The Witcher yeah. lore book. Because I was just like, how am I going to run these games? I have I don't know the lore that super well, aside from what I can read in The Witcher 3 Bestiary, which I'm not going to jump into a, a Witcher 3 game every time I have a question about something. But now you've got this big, But now I've got this big, wonderful yeah. encyclopedic tome. Um, so once in a while, they do actually come in handy again. Yeah. Or just, like, there's a great couple of coffee table books out there. Like, we have The Art of Halo sitting in the entryway to IGN. And, like, I'll be goddamned if it's not beautiful. That, that is um, a lovely book. Uh, I like the MGS5 one an awful lot. It's not the guide, but the MGS5 book. I don't MGS know if I've seen book. that. Okay. But before we divert too much down this, I also want to talk about the other in the guides, which is that while it's really awesome they're releasing a guide, you don't have to buy guides to get guides. No, I mean, hi, I'm John Ryan. I'll be writing a guide for Red Dead Redemption 2 on IGN.com that you can come and use. Um, and I, I feel like the, the thing on that front is that there's two very different functions for each of those things. And I, okay. sort, of, I sort of explained it a little bit in earlier, but like there are folks who are going to buy the guide, either the standard edition or the collector's version, as a collector's item as a physical piece of memorabilia for the time that they played this game. Yeah. Um, and then there are the folks who just need to find what one of the cheat codes is. Mm -hmm. Or they're stuck on one treasure map that they just can't fucking... <laughs> Not that I had any problems with treasure maps in the last game. Yeah. Um, that they just can't find. Like, you, you did the spaceship parts for GTA V. You know how hellishly difficult to find those goddamn things those are. Those did take a while. Yeah. And, like, you know, much as you love to dive in and say, I'm going to find all these collectibles on my own. Sometimes you just can't fucking have the patience. Speaking of dive in, remember looking for those undersea caches of cash? I do. Yeah, I do there's indeed. that too. But on the upside, remember when those used to be an exploit that you could use to get infinite money in GTA V? I do remember that. <laughs> Sorry, kids. They actually patched that up pretty quickly, so you can't do that Liked anymore. it back then. It was Loved rad. It back then. Before we knew how to game the that stock was that, market. I think that was one of the first tip slash cheat videos we actually yeah. had come out for that game. That's right. Because uh, it took us two and a half fucking weeks to figure out any cheats for it. Anyways, people don't necessarily, you don't necessarily have to buy 
the physical version of the strategy guide. Um, I feel like there are very different reasons that you would and that you wouldn't. Yeah. Um, you know, IGN guides, for example, ours are really, really focused on you finding super specific information quickly and easily um, in terms of, you know, assuming that they'll bring back treasure maps. Like if you're looking for treasure map three or the one in this location, like our, our guides are designed, for example, for you to punch that into Google or onto IGN.com and to just be like, oh, there it is. There it is right there. Keep That's the on thing playing. that I needed. I'm immediately going to put my phone down and go back to playing the game. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I mean, when I play through a game, certain games, like sometimes I don't like feeling like I have to find everything on my own. You yeah. know, sometimes, like for The Witcher, for example, I love The Witcher 3. I think The Witcher 3 is probably the best RPG of the decade, if not maybe all time. I really love it a lot. It's very, wow. very good. That's a bold move there. Tom. I also missed a lot of the ones from the early and mid-90s, mm -hmm. though. So I can't, you know, I'm, I'm a new gamer. Still, uh, Witcher 3 is um, superb. Everybody it's agrees. It's phenomenal. Anyways, finding all 16 of those goddamn you know, Witcher armor set things mm -hmm. to get the bear school gear boots with the extra six points of damage or whatever the hell it did. Like, that was the thing where I was just like, okay, I found the part of the treasure map that'll let me start the quest. Where the fuck is this goddamn chest? Yeah. Because I was, it was like 60 hours in, I was like, I have to find Siri. I have to do the thing. I just want to be done with the main story so I can go back and do side quests. Um, so, time yeah. to check the guide. Time to check the guide, exactly. Yep. So I think in those moments, those are the folks who are going to not necessarily feel the need to purchase a physical item. Um, but I think if you're the kind of person who really, really wants to dive into the world more and really make the experience of playing through a game like this for the first time memorable, that's sort of when you go through the guide. Like I mean, I feel like that's, in a lot of cases, sort of why, like Prima, Brady, those, well, I think they're the same company now, um, why those are still a thing. Like, a lot of them huh. are come out as collector's editions. Yeah, you just want to have you know? that, like yeah. this one. So we're on the trail, friends. And since we're on the trail... Oh, boy, we are on that trail. We are on the trail. Ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the first real kind of milestone of the original Red Dead Redemption. You started playing Red Dead Online again. No, we haven't done that yet. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. I'm there already. All right, so, I'm sorry. No, no that's okay. Where, where have you guys gotten to? Well, okay, spoilers. First off, I just finished my replay. Uh, I'm not going to tell everybody about that don't worry all right there are no actual spoilers coming outside of people that are playing along which this week we were playing up to hey let's get to the assault on fort mercer oh, rad i okay. love that part that's such a good part you love that's that so, part? i do i love that bit that's super fun where you get on the gallon yeah so okay. good so fort mercer is just this kind of imp at that they make it impregnable like they, they really do. When yeah, I first played Red Dead, I was like, I'm going to sneak into Fort Mercer no, and kill not. Bill Williamson. No, you're not. No, they, they really did figure out just how. I'm sure there's some way to stack six horses on top of each other and fall in there and break the game. No. But I it's never. Cougars. You have to stack the cougars. You have to stack the cougars, clip through something. Obviously, you can get it later yeah, because they, they put the convenient little box you can right. climb up yeah. on. Yeah. Thank God for those guys moving those supply crates who just abandoned their post. Yeah, it's like, but. For a while there, you can't get in. You know you got to get because the bill. you want you want to have that big set piece memorable fight. You right. Know? You you want to have that moment where like you pull out the Gatling gun and you're like, all right, Bill, get fucked. Yeah, because you've gathered this weird. Because a lot of the first part of that game is dude, I forgot how bizarre everyone John meets is. So you've got yeah. Seth, you've got West, well, you've it, got it's... Irish, and and then just all these highly dysfunctional human beings that you're doing tasks for yeah and then you bring them all together in one mission that kind of suddenly makes sense but then it ultimately doesn't really matter yeah because bill gets away anyway well, so, i mean that's kind of what i love about that that sequence yeah. to be honest and, and like the whole first chunk of that game you know if you've seen me on here before you know that i've played the opening of that game too many fucking times to count at this point but what i really like about that part is that like to get to the assault on fort mercer they build it excuse me, they build it up and they build it up and they build it up and they build it up to be this huge important thing. And like you, you pull that gun out and like you get ready to get through those gates and you fucking know you were going to make Bill Williamson eat your shit. Well, they finally handed you a freaking Gatling gun. There's well, like, at this yeah. point in the game, you haven't gotten to, and you're, I am here in my big Trojan horse wagon. I've been waiting for this moment. I'm ready to move because 
this point you've been playing a long time. I'm ready to yeah. move on. I'm ready to see what, because you've seen these sections of the map yeah. that are walled off. Yeah. You know those magical bridges are going to appear. There. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. But get first there. you got to get there. And then, and then he goes full Josie Wales. So the assault on Fort Mercer. Yeah. Um, it's, it's rad because like, A, you get that Gatlingan moment. You get to like just go nuts yeah. on all of Bill's gang members. Um, and you really I, do feel powerful. You feel, right. I mean, it's a shooting it's, gallery, but it's a fun shooting gallery. Oh, it super is. And it, but it's also one of those moments where I really love, I was saying this a minute ago, like what I love about it is you've built and built and built to this moment and just sort of for it to turn into a fart in the breeze where he's like, oh, oh shit, he got away. Yeah, you do you just climactic, explosive thing. You blast everybody away, then you b- literally room to room going through the fort, you know, gotta find Bill. Then people from outside come running in, right. and you run, turn the Gatlin gun around, and, I, yeah. and then it's like, Bill's gone. But by the way, you fucked up. Yeah. It's um, like, which I think is super funny because of how, I'll say anticlimactic, we'll get to, you'll get to this later, but how anticlimactic Bill's end himself is. Yeah. Um, they do that a lot. They subvert those expectations a great deal. I mean, you expect Fort Mercer to be the climax, but that's not the moment everybody remembers. It's what happens when you go after Bill. It's yeah. the subdued it's crossing the, it's, into Mexico right. immediately it's after that moment. This. Well, I mean, that was also a, a super important moment sort of in, like, the history of gaming because you. it was one of the first times, like, you could appreciate good worldcraft beforehand like there were games that made beautiful worlds and there were games that had good scores and there were games that had both but this was one of the first times where i feel anyways i was really sort of taken aback by the grandeur and the splendor of the world that i was in and of course now yeah. i'm not to say that it's a dime it doesn't in a bad sense but like now you can get that yeah. in a lot of games previously it was sort of you could have good fun gameplay mechanics or you could have a big gorgeous world and rockstar was one of the few companies that at the time they had the resources to do both yeah and then you end up and that'll be our topic for next week's on the trail which is talking about crossing into mexico but fantastic i do love you don't catch bill i why do you think john that they set it up so that that you don't just catch Bill there and then go after Javier in Mexico. Why have him get away after all that? I've wondered about that a lot. I feel like it serves the story better that he does, oh, but I'm not does. sure why. I, I feel like it's because you need to have that moment. Because when they introduce Bill to you, like, yes, he's big. Yes, he's mean. Yes, he's a real some bitch. And yes, he gets the better of you. But, you know... You get from looking at and listening to Bill that he's a dumbass. <laughs> and, like, regardless of whether it was just an instance of bad luck or mm-hmm. whether you were distracted, that dumbass still got the better of you. Yeah. And that makes that moment at Fort Mercer when you're like, what? He got away? How the fuck did he get yeah. away? Like, Even though it's outside of your control, right? It's, it's not. It's, it's not a mistake like, that you make as a player, and it's not a mistake that John makes as a character. Sometimes it just be like that. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's sort of something that is really good to set up and and really hammer home the the sort of hardness of life in this world. Yeah. Um, you know, that no matter how well prepared you are, no matter how good your plan is, no matter how strong your forces are, shit just sometimes don't go the way you expect Which is it kind to. of the theme of the Old West, right. historically and storytelling-wise. Exactly. It's a and place of hopes that never quite turn out the way you think they're going to. Right. Yeah. Um, and so having Bill get away, like, first off, there's that to it where it's like, hey, don't forget, like, this world will kick you in the nuts at yeah. every possible opportunity that it has. And also, it's sort of to make not you question John's capability, but to, to sort of sow those seeds of self-doubt yeah. that, that are clearly plaguing him as a character. Yeah. Um, and just, I feel like that's a great way. Having your character fail at something is a great way to make you, regardless of how empathetic you are as a person in real life, it's a great way to make you empathize with the character within a game or within a story. It also helps bridge because after you cross into Mexico, you suddenly discover that while you've gotten very comfortable with John and begun to feel very powerful in that world, you immediately encounter a person who shows you, no, by the way, you know nothing. Oh, yeah. I will make you a true gunfighter, you know, and that's, and coming coming off of failure, 
yeah. makes that much more powerful. Exactly. Uh-huh. Where it's like, okay, I got my ass handed to me. Maybe I can do this on my own. Oh, wait, this dude's going to help me. What's up, Mr. Ricketts? So, Bill, we've talked about Bill before. Bill's prominently featured in the section of the Red Dead 2 you play. Not played, saw. Or, pardon me, um, section of the game that you saw played. Yeah, there it is. Um, yeah, he is. And he is... It's nice to know that some things never change. <laughs> um, the, I mean, the thing about Bill is, is, is just sort of that. Like, what we see of Bill and Red Dead 1 at Fort Mercer, both in the beginning when you, you, you first meet him, where he, he tells you, you know, send someone more impressive. Um, it's, it's cool to see sort of the ties to that moment appearing and, and being very present clearly throughout Red Dead 2. Um, you see why Bill might have, you know, obviously we didn't see any real interaction between Bill and John, but like we saw why Bill has resentment towards other people in that gang. Um, You know, clearly something happens between the two of them throughout the course of whether or not we see it in Red Dead 2 or whether it happens after. I assume that we will see it in 2. Clearly something happens that makes their relationship extra hostile. Yeah. Um, But it's also very clear that you, you can draw a straight line from watching Bill and Arthur argue about whose fault it being that, like, what the consequences of shit getting fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, what, what, I'm, what I'm talking about in this situation is uh, there's a moment where Bill Williamson uh, and then a couple of other members of your gang ask you to go on a heist to rob uh, the bank of this town, Valentine, in this new Hanover area. Um, and Arthur's excuse says, you know, he's kind of hemming and hawing. He doesn't really want to do it. Um, and then Bill is upset because uh, he he thinks Arthur owes him money, basically, because Arthur was somehow at fault for a previous heist. Yeah. Um, and, and Bill is upset, naturally, because as folks who are often the brunt of people's jokes, when they see it happen to other people... The, it's a very different situation. Yeah. Um, so Arthur, for, like Bill makes the, the point, and not necessarily unjustly, uh, you know, how come every time I mess something, something goes wrong for me, uh, I'm the village idiot, I'm the, I'm the dumbass, it's always my fault, oh, Bill, uh, no, 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 fuck him. But when it goes wrong for you, Arthur, he's saying to Arthur, it's just one of them things. Yeah. And seeing that sort of, of like broiling resentment in mm-hmm. Bill where it's clearly not out there yet like it's he's defending himself he's he's bring, he's airing his grievances but he clearly isn't at the point where he just actively hates people in the gang yeah um you can see how he goes from being that guy in two into the sort of brutish tyrant that we meet at the beginning of one right and who sees it's really important for John to understand you're not good enough for me to deal with <laughs> you're you're beneath me because I'm finally the one on top I've started to notice revisiting Red Dead that Bill obviously kind of dumb in a brick and brutish Dutch obviously out there completely deranged man of lost vision John who I really like in a lot of ways does kind of have a lot of Boba Fett moments John Boba Fett moments in the sense that he's just standing there looking cool and then or Boba Fett moments getting in the sense played of, and falling in the star like that he yeah. gets hit with a stick and flies himself into a goddamn monster mouth. That seems to happen to him a lot in the game. I'm starting to notice. I'd forgotten how many times John just gets screwed over. This is a, this is a yeah. game about from from Bill getting away to Bill shooting John. John's like, I'm Bill here to John to Bill, Bill shoots away. in to Bill. The, 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 somebody, it's eventually crows take all his corn. I mean, it's just yeah, a bad, a, a bu- bad a bunch of guys him. just being like, Oh, Hey, that thing that we just told you to go do, you didn't do it right. So now you have to do, do five more else. things. For yeah. Us. Poor John. Yeah. Poor. poor. Uh, hmm, but here's the question though. Did he earn it? And I kind of think he did. I do not expect to like John Marston nearly as much as I liked John yeah. Marston at the end of Red Dead 1 when I finished Red yeah, Dead 2. Yeah, I'm worried about that, too. I I'm think. not worried about it. I'm fucking excited. I'm excited, it. too. I love I, learning I why I should hate people. That stop sounds... Me. No, no, no. That sounds way pettier. Oh, no. we got to stop the camera. Oh, okay. We're going to this up. I'm going I'm to pick that up when we come back. Because yeah. that sounds way pettier than it should. I think what I mean by that is I I really love seeing what makes p- 
people the way they are as we know them. Okay. So, like, Dutch, for example, at the end of Red Dead 2, I'm not going to try and... I'm trying not to spoil a whole lot of story stuff for you, but, like, the way that Dutch operates uh, in Red Dead 1, he has recruited a bunch of young, impressionable dudes, and they acknowledge the fact that he's just sort of been doing that since the gang disbanded. Yeah. And now that we, what we know about him and the gang and how it functions, and, and like specifically thanks to his relationship that he has with Arthur and the fact that Arthur is basically was a street urchin that Dutch somehow managed to bring into the fold of the gang, like we know now that this is essentially a pattern for him. Yeah, that this is what and, he does. Right, and it's, it's funny to me because like, A, sure, it's a fine business strategy, but I think <laughs> because... Look, man. There's a place for you in San Francisco business. Fagan had that shit down. He did. Um, I think what's more interesting, though, is that when we look at sort of how Dutch behaves towards the end of the first game, when he, when you know, John brings to light the fact of like, look, the world is changing, and if we want to survive, if we want to live through it, we have to learn how to adapt. We have to learn how to change. Yeah. And Dutch instead saying, I can't. Yeah. I can't do that. I can't change. I not only can't. I actively embrace the fact that I can't, and I choose to not want to do so. Yeah. And not only do we learn, like, sort of about his stubbornness and how, like, seeing that sort of reflected from a, a new angle now in the past, seeing the past in, in RDR2, but also sort of seeing what kind of a desperate man he is to have people around him. Well, Dutch would rather live in a cave literally live in a cave, mm -hmm. then change with the world, but he also can't stand to do it by himself. Exactly. That's what I'm, and that's the part that I'm yeah, getting at, yeah. where, you know, with, with all of the strength and the brilliance that he has, because he's a smart dude, yeah. he still can't, he can't manage to do it without being looked up to by people. Yeah. And, I mean, ultimately, that sort of narcissism eventually becomes his undoing. Do you and think I, that's a desire to take somebody with him? or I mean, Like to, a, to drag someone down with him? Yeah. No, I don't think it is. No. I, I think it is a desperate attempt for someone to save him. Hmm. That's the sense that I get out of Dutch. That's really cool. I wonder how much of this subtly get explored in this. I feel like a lot of it. <laughs> I feel like a lot. There's going to be a lot on that. We're going to move on to Pony Express. Now. Ooh, mailbag. Got a couple of letters here from the mailbag. Greetings and salutations, Jared and friends. Who's this from? Uh, this one's from Evan Berry from Bermuda. Evan Berry from Bermuda. Hot yes, indeed. damn. I hope you're enjoying a horrendously warm summer. Apart from replaying Red Dead 1, I've also begun through all my Western and post-Western movies in anticipation of Red Dead 2. Great. Shane, Tombstone. Shane! And the Netflix series Goddess. Godless, not Goddess. I hear Godless. that's good. I haven't watched it. I hear it's good. I have not watched it either. I also started going through all my favorite shows with Westerns themes and style that aren't necessarily traditional Westerns, mainly Trigun and Firefly. Trigun's an interesting choice. Trigun is an interesting choice. What is your favorite Western-inspired piece of media that doesn't quite fit the traditional Western style and formula? Really enjoying the podcast. Love you, Jared. Keep up your amazing work. Best mm. wishes, Evan from Bermuda. Now, is that going to be RoboCop for you, which we've discussed before? I mean, yeah, we've we've had this discussion before. Like, I love Firefly. I think it's great. But like, I think the more and more I think about it, like the RoboCop from '87, not the yeah. fucking new Cyber Policeman 2014. RoboCop 87 is very much uh, I'm going to clean this town up and there ain't room enough for the both of us. Well, let's move outside of RoboCop since we've talked about that. Is there, I guess I can think guess? of another one. Yeah. Um, While you're thinking, a contemporary one for me is Justified, um, which is it's not necessarily my favorite, but mm -hmm. it's way up there for me. Justified is like... That's what Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, right? yeah. I hear it's really good. Yeah, oh, it is. Oh. Uh, it's Timothy Oliphant and Walton Goggins and... Walton Goggins? Yeah. Oh, he's, he's the other... He is He is the heart of the show. I love Walton Goggins. He is... Like, I remember Walton Goggins on The Shield. He is such a terrible human being. Good. Uh, he's and so good at that. He's, he's so good at that. Oh, fascinating. Like, he, he's one of these villains. Like, you are a god Awful. That's person. modern setting, right? Yeah, it's modern. It's set in Eastern Kentucky, present day, Ugh. West Virginia border, Kentucky. All right, uh, I Virginia. Can get down on that. It's Harlan County, where Harlan County, USA. If you ever watched the great documentary, um, oh John, you got to watch that. That's oh, oh, okay. But no, it's set in Harlan, USA, and it's a really solid series where you watch it and you're like, this is pretty good. And it's you know, there's some freak of the weakishness to it and some episodic, but 
But then you realize it's always building on arcs and it's very character driven and you just get tied up in the lives of these two characters. It's based on a little more Leonard short story, Fire in the Hole. Hmm. Um, and just, it's a Western. It's set in contemporary Kentucky, but it is from first frame to last, a modern day Western. All right, I'm into that. And it's really, really great character driven stuff. Cool. Love right. that. What about you? Hmm. I mean, I feel like for non, non-RoboCop non media properties, which I don't know why there are any, um, I mean, off the top of my head, I'm not going to lie, I'm having trouble thinking of several. I think I've recently started rewatching Cowboy Bebop. Ah! And I'm really digging it. Yeah? Um, because, I mean, the first time I watched that show, I was, you know, fucking 19 and high all the time, so I have no real memory of it. Um but I really, really dig the way they put that show together. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, and I feel like in terms of, of seeing it as sort of a modern-day Western, like, yes, there's a lot of noir to it. Um, but I feel like that core, that core idea of the good guy finding a bad guy, having a nemesis out there, but never really knowing where they'll show up next. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really, I really sort of just love that vibe, and I okay. feel like it, it very much suits that sort of non-Western Western mentality. Yeah, I, I love Bebop. Um, it's great. I, I do. I know it's kind of if you're going to be like favorite anime, you know. And so I mean, it's, it's Bebop. Not my, it's but, not my favorite anime, but it is really good stuff. And it's uh, great. It's yeah. it's legitimately great. And I'm like mad that I didn't really watch it before now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fun to think about. That does have a very Western vibe. Champloo. I, I've never really thought about Champloo as a Western. I think, like a lot, I think we're going to look at a lot of anime and be like, that's a Western. That's yeah. a Western. Or are we going to look at a lot of Westerns and say, that's an anime. Yeah. And, and well, I mean, Japanese and Western filmmaking have they, gone they've, hand in yeah, hand back for, and back for many, long, many long, decades. Long, long and so, but I hadn't I mean, thought about I mean, you can pretty that. much thank Kurosawa for Star Wars. Exactly. You can thank Kurosawa for Star Wars. You can thank... Uh, Kurosawa for Magnificent Seven. Well, yeah, that, yeah, you want a more direct comparison? No, they're Five. both. No, no, they're both direct. I mean, I mean that little old man in Seven Samurai is Yoda. He yeah. just is. Oh, yeah. like it's amazing. Um, but I, I look at I look at that connection. And I think about something like Champloo, where you've got these three characters just wandering from town to I've town. Oh, so the same guy that did... I don't know anime super well. Okay, it's, it's the... It's one of my definite gaps in knowledge. Samurai Champloo is what uh, is what he went on to do after doing um, Cowboy Bebop. Oh, cool. And it's a story of two samurai that are sworn to a duel to the death. Good. But have to put it off... Bummer. Because they both owe a waitress a favor. Cool. And that they have to complete together. That they have to complete together before they can kill each other. Great. The three Love of them, the waitress and the two samurai, wander around Edo-era Japan. Great. Looking for this one dude. And it's just wandering from town to town, righting wrongs as they go. Love it. Do they learn to respect each other and cancel their duels of the death as they go through their adventures? I'm not sure you want to hear about that. Because the champions... Now I feel like they murder each other. The... Every episode's pretty good. The last three are, which are one long arc, of course, are bodacious. As um, someone who appreciates the use of the non-ironic use of the word bodacious, yeah. I will check that out. Yeah, that most of it you'd be like, this isn't quite as good as Bebop. Those last three episodes are every bit as good as Bebop. All right, and, cool, and cool, just, cool, just cool. I'm into that. I'll check that uh, out. And it's sure. a short series; it's like 22 episodes. Oh, yeah. beautiful. I mean, I'm still going to finish Bebop at this point. But yeah, like, when you finish Bebop, watch. Oh, so you haven't seen the end of Bebop? No. <laughs> Are you okay? The end of Bebop's real good. Okay. All right, here we go. Here we got the second one here. Um, this one from Nathan. Hello, I've been thanks, loving Nathan. the show. I really oh, like thanks. that we're getting tons of great coverage about the game and learning about interesting influences from all mediums. All I really want to see is you do your due diligence and remember that Red Dead Redemption 2 is technically the third game in the series. That's very true. Yep. I have extremely fond memories of playing that game a ton on my Xbox. He is speaking, of course, about Red Dead Revolve. Exactly. And playing a fair amount of couch co-op multiplayer. It'd be incredible to hear a segment dedicated to the game that started it all. You will not be disappointed, Nathan. Before Red Dead Redemption 2 comes out, there will absolutely be an episode about Red Dead Revolver. The real problem is I just need to go and replay Red Dead Revolver. Well, I have a copy if you'd like to replay it. I would love to borrow that. I might have... Wait, what what, what, what platform do you have? Uh, the one I have is PS2. Um, I think I might actually still have a PS2 lying around. I, I just got hold of a one of the 
rarest and most precious of all items on the planet Earth. A memory card for PS2? A PlayStation 3 Gen 1 with the Emotion Engine chip in it. That's right, my friend. An HDMI PlayStation 2. The earliest PS3s could play PS2 games. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry. Red Dead, Redem- Red Dead Radio is now canceled because I have to murder Jared Petty and steal this item from him. Yeah. I'm really sorry about the whole murder thing. Sorry, Angie. No no problem at all there. So, finally, my friends. Uh, That's normally. fucking awesome. I'm very excited about this. Holy yeah, shit. Have to play Holy this. shit. Have to am play I excited about I that. think we're going to have to play some I mean, couch co-op ourselves. Oh, oh, oh. Absolutely. Like, look, yeah. I'm trying to drag you into Red Dead Online. Like, we'll yeah. do that eventually. But fucking couch co-op Red Dead Revolver. Yeah. Hells to the ass. Also, to- all of the other PS2 games that we can play. Together. Yeah, it's going to be so fun. All of them in glorious up-res Oh, HD. God, we're going to play Ring of Red? We're going to have a it's lot gonna of It's going to be perfect. Definitely not playing Fanavision, but no. anything else. No, we're not. So, so good. We're not playing the Bouncer. No. People keep trying to tell me why the Bouncer is great. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't even know what the fuck that game is. So, normally this is where we do Luck of the Draw in the Red Dead Redemption Poker Tournament. But as you know, John has been defeated. I'm here, I don't see any other guests except for John fucking Marsden over there. This is Red Dead Radio, the Red Dead Redemption podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for you to weigh in. Should John Ryan get another chance to play in the Red Dead Radio Poker Tournament? It's on here a lot. You know the answer to this. He's our spectacular expert on Red Dead, but... He had his chance. It does seem kind of unfair for him to get more than one chance when everybody else does not want to be the champion. But so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I get in fairness and all that, but I'm asking nicely: Can I please play again? Okay, there is. There's a little Peter Venkman going on there. <laughs> Just a little bit. Damn it! You caught me. Yeah. Just a little bit of Venkman there. What if I say? Play. Please. And then I bat my eyes really hard like that. Yeah. No? All right. So, you're going to decide. You can go to reddeadradio.com. That'll take you to our Patreon page. And on that Patreon page in the post, there's a poll. And that poll will is, say... Is the poll up right now? No, it's not up yet because this is episode is You should have just told me yes and I would have made an ass of myself. That would have been amazing. But no, you go to reddeadradio.com. That's our Patreon page. And there, there will be a post. Should John Ryan get to play again in the Red Dead Redemption Poker Tournament? Make my your, life is cast, in your hands. Cast your vote there. My life Let is us in know. your hands, dude. Next week, my we'll read the results. Hands, dude. My, life, my is life, life is in your hands. My life is in your hands. My life is in your hands. My life is in your hands. Shut up, Donnie. I'm out of my own money. So ends another week of nonsense. So ends another week of nonsense. See you, friends. <laughs>